Welcome to the Firearms Trainers Podcast, part of ConcealedCarry.com Network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. And today, we'll be talking about a medical kit designed for instructors and ranges in mind. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Head on over to their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at HiViz Sites. HiViz has the innovative LightWave H3 site that combines tritium with their light pipe technology HiViz is known for to give you 24 hours a day illumination. Now you can have the advantage of day and night performance all in one site system. The new LightWave H3 ensures fast site acquisition and a bright site picture, day or night. Learn more at HiVizSites.com and see what you've been missing. Today, we are joined by Brian McLaughlin from Mountain Men Medical and former Navy Corpsman. Welcome, Brian. Thanks, Rob. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, really excited to have you on, on again. Uh, this is the second time this year, and I know when you had on last time, we were talking about that if you came out with a medical kit that was... Uh, targeted at instructors and rangers we're going to have you on again i'm glad to say you do have well you do have a medical kit and we're going to talk about it today awesome yeah I'm, I'm happy to do it we're pretty proud of it it's a good good little kit good well hey, just in case there's one or two people out there listening that don't know who brian mclaughlin is can you give our guest a little bit of your background yeah i was uh in the navy um kind of i never actually set foot on a boat i just spent all the time with the uh the marine corps out there so they tried to put me on a boat once, and I said, no, thanks. Um, so they know how to play the games. You can refuse some, some of that stuff. But I spent a little time there, worked in the ER um, as, a, as an EMT, ER tech. And uh, then I got out of the military, did a little bit of uh, consulting, uh, did some work uh, with faith-based organizations, teaching combat trauma management to their security teams. Um, and now I am... Uh, running all of the media for Mountain Man Medical. We've got a YouTube channel, Mountain Man Medical, on um, YouTube and a blog. And you can find us on uh, Facebook, of course. So uh, if you're interested in uh, learning a little little extra about first aid or that kind of stuff, then head over to the YouTube channel and check that out. I think you've, you've got some very good content over there. And I've, uh, I've uh, watched many of the videos, and it really puts things uh, kind of in, in perspective because um, as I go along – People probably heard me say this on the podcast before. If you're going to play with guns and knives, you've got to know how to uh, treat, you know, traumatic injuries. And especially if you're an instructor, you need to make sure you know how to deal with it um, or, or at least be able to do no, no harm. Uh, because let's put it this way, we're on ranges and, you know, when we're shooting bullets out one way, you don't know what's going to happen to the gun. Gun could explode. Um, you can have a ricochet or more commonly, somebody's going to go along and have a heart attack from the stress or a stroke or, you know, have something heat related if you're out, outdoors. And those are all things that, again, you don't want to do any more harm. We're going to call 911 for help. But, you know, time is of the essence. And, and if you're waiting 10 or 15 minutes for you know, an ambulance to arrive, guess what? That's going to be the longest 10 or 15 minutes of your entire life if you don't have some idea of what the heck to do. Yeah. Well, so, the new kit that you came, uh, you came out with uh, recently targeted at ranges and instructors is called the Wind River Kit. Can you tell us, uh, you know, what what the focus is of this, and you know what what's kind of in the in the kit for instructors and ranges? Absolutely, yeah. The Wind River was originally designed just for instructors. 
Um, unfortunately, um, medical, it doesn't really matter too much where you're at. If you're hurt, you're hurt. So a lot of that st same stuff is going to um, boil over to other places. We also have a lot of people uh, picking these up um, for their organization, um, you know, for um, their work, uh, wherever they're employed at or their church or and that kind of stuff. Um, so it's a big, robust kit and designed primarily for instructors to treat you know, gunshot trauma, uh, but also to give you some of the more basic comfort items that you might need uh, when you're out there on the range, either for yourself or for your students. Um, and generally, ranges tend to be, you know, outside and a decent ways away from, you know, from civilization. And so the time that it's going to take for a helicopter or an ambulance to get to you, you know, could be substantial. So you want to make sure, of course, that you have good medical gear and uh, we uh, make sure that we're packing these out with things that you're going to need for gunshot wounds. Um, we've got two cat tourniquets in it. We've got uh, the two chest seals um, and we have a four inch Israeli bandage. Um, and then of course, quick clot so that you can treat all of those wounds. And so then we have somebody who's, who's got a bleeding wound, you know, either from, you know, a ricochet or, you know, uh, you know, a knife wound or, so, or something, you know, say they actually do get shot. We've got the ability to stop the bleeding um, for that person. And since we've got multiple ones, we also have the ability to go along and, you know, potentially treat additional people, you know, i.e. if it was a, you know, church or, you know, like some kind of community center. If something really terrible happens, we've got more than one that you would normally find like an individual first aid kit, an IFAC. Yep, definitely. Um, I, I've spent enough time on ranges to know that, you get one knucklehead waving a weapon around, doesn't know what he's doing. He can put a round through you and two other people. So you want to make sure that you got enough gear to treat, you know, multiple casualties as well, you know, while you're on the range. So mm -hmm. we stock it out with, you know, uh, primary, the primary goal of trauma medicine is to control the bleeding. So we put in three separate tourniquets. We've got two cat tourniquets and a SWAT T. And what, then, what, what uh, could what could's a SWAT T? I've I've heard a lot of co uh, conflicting information on that because every, everybody likes the, the cat tourniquet. But where where would the you know SWAT T come in handy? Well, the SWAT T is not quite as good as the cat tourniquet. Let me say that first to say that I I don't think that the SWAT T is as good as like the cat tourniquet, but it does have its own purpose. Um, one of the great things about the uh, SWAT T is that it's just an elastic band. It's a rubber elastic band that you wrap around the arm tightly enough that it stops the bleeding. Um, and it will do that so that if you need an extra tourniquet, you've used up both of the, the cat tourniquets and you still need another one, then that will be your backup tourniquet. But if you don't need to use it as a tourniquet, it's also very good for splinting, pressure bandages, making a sling, um, a bunch of other, th other things that uh, whatever you can think of to use it for, that's that's what that's for. It's just kind of like a backup, able to take care of multiple problems. Would it also work? Um, you know, I'm a XL kind of guy, so you know, a tourniquet for me. You know, you just got to make sure it's big enough, and you can probably get it over my limb. But yeah. if you've got if you've got a small, um, you know, a teenager or a you know small, you know, female or even you know a youth, you know, somebody who's you know ten years old or something else like that. Um, are their arms maybe too small for a cat and the SWAT's what you would uh, prefer to use on them? And now I've, I've heard conflicting reports about that. Uh, some studies that I've read say that um, uh, 
the cat tourniquet should work just fine um, for someone with smaller limbs. Um, as you get smaller, though, as you get to be, you know, uh, you know, below the age of 10, depending on how big their arms are, they can start to have um, some difficulties with that. Um, but the cat tourniquet should still work. Um, now, you might have some situations where it doesn't, and then you meet, maybe you need to break out the SWAT T. Um, but the cat tourniquet should work in those circumstances. Um, when it comes to children bleeding, um, if, for those of you out there that have uh, children uh, that you're taking care of, a lot of times you can control that bleeding with just direct pressure. Children have such low blood pressure that it's fairly easy to control that bleeding completely with just good direct pressure. Um, but that requires you to use both of your hands. And if you need to do something else, like run away from the situation, then you, you want to make sure that you have the, the ability to control that bleeding. The other thing that the SWAT T will do is uh, it'll also work on your dogs. Um, dogs don't have long bones like um, human beings do. Um, and those long bones are great because it helps us use the tourniquets properly. And dogs have much smaller bones in their legs. And, and uh, the SWAT T is a decent way of controlling bleeding in uh, canines as well. Good. Good. I hadn't thought about doing that, but you know, if there's a situation where you're, you know, have a family pet or, you know, some, you know, some, you're around, you know, where, where there's uh, animals that might be a good alternative to be able to use it, you know, uh, with it. Right. So yep. Absolutely. Great idea. What about, what does a kid have for non-trauma type of thing? You know, like I said, you know, you, you're out there and you've got, you know, something heat related or, you um, you know, plenty of people are, are allergic to, um, you know, bee stings, anaphylactic shock, you know, those types of things, uh, right. you know, even burns from, you know, hot brass, you know, they always seem to find that crevice, you know, either around back of your collar or in between your, uh, you know, safety <laughs> yeah. glasses and such. Yeah. I, I've gotten, you know, burns on my face because it's found that little, little bit there and just bounced just right to where it's got copy behind the safety glasses. Still don't understand how that happens, but every couple of years I catch one. Luck of the draw. I mean, you shoot a fair number of rounds. One of them's bound to bounce somewhere, right? Exactly. Somewhere you don't want it. Yeah. 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 Being on ranges a lot myself, um, I'm, I'm pretty used to the old hot brass dance. That's what we used to call it. I'm sure everybody else calls it that as well. Uh, but we used to do the, um, we've got uh, burn cream for that. Um, and a lot of little uh, first aid stuff, things that you might counter out in the wild away from civilization the kind of stuff that'll try to keep your life a little bit better for the meantime uh, while you finish out the class or until they, they can uh, they get home that night. So we've got uh, burn cream, uh, the standard ibuprofen, Motrin, and Tylenol. We add those in as well. We've got some uh, antiseptic wipes so that you can clean out the cuts um, before you use the Band-Aids, which are included in the kit. Um, we also got include- those slide got those slide bites. I, I, exactly. I, I saw a guy last weekend. I was teaching a class, and I'm not kidding you. I was in the bathroom, and he comes in and he's got got his hand under the water, and it's like, oh, that really stinks. You got a slide bite, and you know, as I'm washing my hands next to him, and he's like, yeah, and I got it pretty good. Well, it looked like it was all the way down the bone, but the really, really bad thing was was he's like, yeah, I got to go clean it up, and and it's like, you know, you shouldn't have to worry about that until I looked in the ground. He literally had a, a line of blood from the range all the way through the middle of the store to the bathroom of wow. blood before he put underneath the water. Jeez. And it's like, 
that's a that's a bad cut. I think you might end up getting some stitches for that. But that was uh, just shows you how much just you know cutting the cutting the skin on the, your knuckle could uh, could start bleeding. Absolutely, yeah. When you're out there, uh, for me personally, uh, something like that's not going to stop me from training. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep going if at all possible. So having a good medical kit on me, make sure that my students stay in it and I stay in it as well. So that way we're constantly pushing on that. He wasn't my student. Go along and let you know. Okay. Is <laughs> at a public range? And he was there, you know, shooting by himself. So <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I try to correct my students before they do something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. So yeah, we got the Motrin Tylenol. Um, we've got, um, that takes care of the pain and different things like that. That somebody might have headaches. Right. Such. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the headaches uh, and anything else that they've got going on. Um, and then uh, we also have a sting, uh, the diphenhydramine. We've got uh, for allergies, especially if you've got somebody out there with bee allergies and they get stung, um, you might be able to help them with that. Um, well, hopefully then, they got an EpiPen also on them. Yes, yes. And uh, if you are somebody who has uh, a bee allergy, it would be beneficial for you to include um, an additional EpiPen in this kit just keep it on standby. I know a lot of instructors will keep uh, EpiPens on them while they're out there teaching. Um, I think that depends a lot on where you are at. Uh, some states allow that and some don't. Um, but at the very least, I'll, I, every time I start a class and I'm outside uh, in the woods, I always like to ask, you know, anybody have any medical problems? You know, are you, low blood pressure, high blood pressure, allergic to bees, you know, all this different type of stuff to make sure that I'm tracking on the possible um, issues that might, might occur. So um, we, we include um, the diphenhydramine, which also works as a, um, um, a nausea reducer. So if someone's feeling nauseous, uh, you can give them the diphenhydramine and that should help. Um, and then on top of that, we've got some sting and bite uh, uh, wipes to uh, get rid of that pain as well. And uh, a couple of little uh, small items as well. In, we've got some trauma shears, but also the prerequisite tweezers and uh, a Sharpie for taking notes or recording times of tourniquets and that kind of stuff. Where do you uh, make those notes at, Brian? Um, so it depends. I like to carry a, uh, a notepad on me, of course, you know, that's, but that's because I'm a medic. I have to record vital signs and, and all that kind of stuff as well. But um, keeping a notepad on you is pretty good, but, um, at the very least, you should be writing that time of the tourniquet on the casualty themselves, um, writing it on their forehead or somewhere that's very visible is a good idea. And then if I just don't have a, a notepad on me, I'll just start with my forearm and start taking notes right there. Um, you know, the Sharpie's got that permanent marker, so it'll, you know, it'll stick around for a good while. Long, long enough until you've got them in the medical care and somebody else has uh, been able to go along and take care of them. Yeah, Absolutely. Do you have uh, anything uh, for heat-related um, type of uh, injuries, you know, heat stroke um, and such? Yeah, the best thing that I've got for heat stroke are the, um, we include two uh, ice packs in the kit, and they can be used for a multitude of items, obviously. I mean, you can use them for uh, sprains and strains. Um, but the other thing that you can do is pop these uh, cold packs and uh, put them in their armpits or down in the groin, around the neck. Um, some, some of those areas with lots of blood flow close to the skin, and that'll help cool down the body as well. Uh, one of the big things, of course, being out on these ranges, um, especially depending on the population that you're teaching, um, heat injuries, of, of course, are a pretty big risk. 
Um, a lot of times they've got uh, elderly people that are out there, you know, in their 70s and 80s. And, you know, they're not able to withstand the same types of temperatures that we do. Those are so, called experienced citizens, okay? Experienced citizens, that's right. <laughs> the older I get, the more experience I have, okay? So I'm, a, I'm an experienced citizen. <laughs> sure, I got it. <laughs> yeah, you can uh, use the, the cold packs for that. Um, but uh, beyond that, um, your best bet is to make sure that you're moving them into a cool location, get them out of the sun, um, and uh, you need to get help on, on station as quick as possible. Heat injuries are no joke. and You can lose somebody to a heat injury especially if they're diabetic or something like that. Um, you know, they, they have an increased risk of, uh, of going down from, uh, for being a heat casualty. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, anybody with those pre-existing conditions of, you know, like you were saying, you know, heart problems, uh, you know, stroke complications, um, blood pressure, um, diabetes, you know, allergies to uh, bee stings or even you know when it when it comes to you know poison ivy poison oak different things along those lines if um you know some people just have to be in the general area and they get it yeah. and you know that's you know that really sucks for them but if you don't know that and you end up you know all of a sudden they start you know it's sounding funny or acting funny and you don't doesn't pop in your mind as far as they may have inhaled something you know from you're shooting right into a, a wall of poison ivy say and some of that mist you know they they breathe in you could have yourself a very serious problem very quickly if you don't don't act and um you know get the medical help absolutely i think uh, one of the most important things that instructors can do before they begin the class is to have a safety brief you know i, I imagine most instructors are doing that um, but one of the things that I like to include in my safety brief, of course, is where is the closest hospital and then also have a plan detailing what it is that needs to uh, happen if we do have an injury. Um, sometimes uh, there's a good way of being able to call the, um, the hospital and say that, you know, we are en route to you. We're going to meet you at this location and you can cut that distance down by driving halfway to meet the ambulance and then dropping off the casualty that way or at the very least making sure that you understand um, your location well enough where can you put a bird down you know if they're going to put out flight for life to your location you want to make sure that you've got a good lz for that um, and then on top of that safety breeze is also making sure that um, you're asking everybody you know do you have any bad medical conditions that could become a problem today and of course not everybody wants to you know just raise their hand and like, yeah, I got diabetes, you know, you might want to just have them come and, you know, come talk to me afterwards, you know, and, and uh, I just want to make sure that uh, I'm tracking on all of your medical issues. That way we're, uh, if something happens, um, I can relay that information to uh, the crews that are coming out to meet us. Definitely. And one, one thing instructors should really uh, take seriously too is, you know, we're a participant, you know, out there too. We could be the person that goes down with heat stroke or bee stings, different things like that. Make sure somebody besides, you know, exactly like you were talking about, about, you know, where the hospital is, you know, what number to call, um, you know, different things along those lines, because if you're the only person that knows and your students are left there, you know, shrugging their shoulders, um, they may figure it out but it's going to cost you time. And that's mm -hmm. where, when it comes to uh, medical situations, it's all about getting you, you know, advanced, you know, support as uh, quickly as possible, whether it's ambulance, you know, life flight, uh, those, those types of things. And if they don't know where you're at and somebody's on the phone saying, well, we he turned down this road and turned down that road. Where are you? Don't know. I've actually got the GPS coordinates right on my uh, first aid kit and tell everybody exactly where it is. So that in case I'm the one that goes down, 
um, they can look at it. They can get the medical uh, kit open and start tre- treating me. And then, you know, they can also go along and give them those coordinates because we are out in the middle of, uh, you know, God's country, as they call it. Yeah, absolutely. One of my favorite uh, things that I've seen um, in some of the classes that I've been to is the instructors have had a, uh, a copy of the appropriate numbers to call um, and directions to the local hospital and uh, everything that you would need to relay to uh, an ambulance crew. And they have that in a, uh, a piece of paper that they've, uh, they've got the plastic around it. What do they call that? The yeah, uh, Laminate it laminate it right so yep. they've got it laminated and ready to go and then they stick that with the uh, the trauma kit that way if you're running to grab the trauma kit you grab you grab that uh, card as well and you got everything you need to uh do the best job for the casualty yeah i've done that in the, in the one uh, kit one thing i've done in addition i've seen a lot of people have um uh, soft-sided bags for their trauma kits is I've actually got a 50 cal uh, ammo can that I painted white with a big red cross on it. And the one thing that's nice with that is, is, you know, there's been a few times we've been caught out outside in the rain. And if it gets soaked, the inside doesn't, it doesn't get wet and it makes really nice. You can throw it around and the stuff that's inside of it isn't going to get crushed. Cold packs aren't going to, aren't going to get activated by accident, those types of things. So it's something to think about. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, here, here's a thought that came to mind, Brian, um, you know, when, with a kit like this, you know, we want it to last forever. Um, but when we start using bandages for slide bites and maybe, maybe, you know, cold pack, you know, for, you know, some heat related injuries and the same thing with bee stings and, uh, it's, it's cream, different things like that. Hopefully we don't have to use tourniquets very often, but how do we go along and, is it possible to get those items just, you know, the onesie, twosie things re, uh, replaced from Mountain Man Medical, or do you have to buy a whole, whole kit for that? Nope, you don't have to buy the whole kit. Um, we, we do piece uh, this stuff out. So if there's something that you're running low on, or, or uh, we also have um, a complete refill kit for just the first aid items. So if you want to purchase, you know, a complete refill of the first aid stuff, then you can do that. Um, and, and like you said, there's an expiration date on all of this stuff. Like even the cat tourniquets aren't good indefinitely. Um, eventually they will break down and, and, uh, you know, they, they'll break on you. So, uh, you want to be making sure that you're checking everything and making sure that it's all up to date. Um, but it should last you for quite a while. I've had some people ask me, you know, is this okay to just like store in my car? Yes, absolutely. I would try to keep it out of direct sunlight if at all possible, you know, uh, for long periods of time inside a car cooking that could break down the, uh, the uh, pharmaceuticals, the medications in the, in the bag to the point where they'll be less effective. Um, but it, they won't hurt you if you, if you use them, they just won't work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, maybe checking it once a year or something like that and making sure the expiration date's still good to go, then you should be fine. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we should be going through that bag because you never know who might be taking a few bandages or different things like that out of it during a class. You never realize that all of a sudden, hey, we're all out of the large bandages. And you, all we have left is our little, you know, little kid bandages, you know, something like that. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we got to go into the larger, you know, gauze dressings in order to fix slide bites or something along, along those lines. Yeah. So, uh, something else that we just, uh, we had just had a uh, podcast uh, about this was instructor discounts. 
And the one thing that's uh, really good is uh, for all the instructors out there, you can get 50% off on the kits, the refills, everything else like that from Mountain Men Medical. And the way you do that is in order to get that, you have to email uh, Mountain Men Medical, and they will give you the uh, code at that point once they validate that you are actually an instructor with your USCCA, your uh, law enforcement, and your NRA uh, credentials and such. So that's uh, significant, especially for something like this where you uh, – I'm already imagining my mind that I'll get one of these and then, um, you know, I'll have to probably get a refill every, uh, year or something else like that to just make sure I've got everything current with it. So that's, uh, right. really good. Yeah. That 15%, that 15% is a pretty good deal getting that uh, medical kit for that. Uh, all of the items in our kit, if you were to piece them out to yourself, it, it would cost a lot more than what we're, we're putting them together for. I'm pretty proud of the prices that we have, uh, with the company, uh, we're not trying to gouge anybody. We truly believe that this is something that everybody should have and they're um, available to them to you know take care of themselves and their loved ones. So having a good quality kit that that's decently priced is pretty important to me. Um, and and that additional fifteen percent to your instructors is ideal. And, and the one thing to put everybody's mind at ease too. I'm just looking at your website right now. These are not um, fly by night. Uh, organizations that you're buying this stuff from um or you know chinese knockoffs say um i mean these are north american rescue med first um or medi first um you know there there's some very high quality brands here that i've uh, purchased from in the past but obviously can't can't buy in the quantity that mountain man medical can buy in yeah yeah it's uh we, we've got a fantastic price point i'm pretty happy with it i think if uh, anybody was going to compare our kits to uh anything else on the market they would be happily surprised um at how cheap that the, the kits are yeah, it definitely makes it affordable and uh as we said in the beginning of the podcast you know it's something that i believe all instructors should have you know one of these and you know ranges should have one of these that they're on each of the ranges just because last thing you want to do is somebody have to run all the way up to the clubhouse in order to get a uh, trauma kit um things happen and there again you know t- uh, time uh, means you know or you don't want to waste time when somebody's life might be hanging in the balance because if you've ever been around somebody who's had anaphylactic shock from a bee sting, that's a serious thing that you got to know what to do with. And, you know, that's not even counting for you in case somebody gets a ricochet and, you know, hits, hits them you know, the chest or something where, you know, it's not a direct shot, but it's one of those that still needs to be addressed immediately um, for it as well as getting, you know, the ambulance on the way. It always surprises me. I, most people have a fire extinguisher somewhere in their house, but, not everybody has a medical kit in their house. You know, it seems kind of rare to come across somebody who's got a uh, trauma kit pre-stocked and ready to go. You know, and you can run away from a fire. It's really hard to run away from trauma, trauma you know. <laughs> yep. And there, there's a lot of stuff around our uh, houses that uh, can cause trauma too. I mean, hey, you're out mowing, mowing the lawn and for some reason, you know, you run over your foot, you know, with lawnmower, something serious along those lines, you know, fall, fall out of a tree, you know, while you're trimming it or off the roof. Um, you could, you could have some of those things and yes, you're going to call 911, but at the same time, hopefully somebody knows how to go along and help you and not, not, um, you know, do any additional harm. And that's where cold packs, um, you know, the, the tourniquets, uh, those type of things can help, you know, while you're waiting for the ambulance to show up to get them to professional medical care. You know, that's something that was interesting that I, uh, I had recently uh, learned about was that after this uh, COVID uh, quarantine and everything, 
uh, the ER started seeing a huge uptick in the number of uh, casualties that they were getting, or I wouldn't say casualties, but the number of patients that were coming in uh, with trauma-related issues because uh, people are hanging out at their home. They're not going out and doing stuff anymore. So they're starting to do like renovations on their house and home improvement projects and things like that. And, you know, like you said, running over their foot with the lawnmower or missing with the skill saw and catching their leg and that kind of stuff. So that is something that happens quite often. We, we had a, a friend of the company. She was cleaning out her gutters. She was up on a ladder. She tripped and fell off and caught the inside of her bicep on some sharp piece of metal and, and ripped her open. She actually had to run and get her own tourniquet and apply it before, uh, before the EMS showed up on scene. So, you know, that's something that's definitely possible. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have the equipment and you also gotta have the knowledge and that's where, you know, taking a trauma medical course, a T triple C course, something along those lines to, uh, you know, make yourself familiar now you know hopefully we'll never be in like a war zone where you are going to be using it every day at the same time if we're going to be around firing firing ranges and we're going to be you know our family's first responders and being carry concealed um, we need to go along and be realistic that if um, we're in in a fight for our life we may have to you know treat ourselves or somebody else yeah absolutely especially you know uh, this is more for firearms trainers of course but um you know, for those who are working at self-defense, it's a pretty reasonable chance that you're going to get shot yourself or that bullet goes through a, a, a wall and hits someone that you love and you want to make sure that you, you're taking care of them as well. And for training, there's a lot of good resources out there. Of course, like the Stop the Bleed program is, is a reasonable one. Um, Mountain Man Medical also um, puts out a free training course on our website. Um, where I break down all of this different type of stuff and, and give you a basic understanding of how to take care of somebody. And then, of course, uh, you know, our YouTube channel um, has got a lot of uh, little tips and tidbits to, to help you out for that as well. Yep, a lot of uh, really good uh, really good information out there. Um, looking over that right now, there's uh, good content. So, well, Brian, appreciate you coming on, talking to us today about the, uh, the Wind River kit and, you know, You've got something that I think instructors and rangers should seriously take a look at. Um, even, you know, large uh, organizations, you know, businesses, uh, churches, daycares, you know, could benefit from this if the, you know, unimaginable happens, uh, actually happens to them. And, uh, you know, just uh, think about it. And it looks like it's a really good call, really good price point, too. Question for you this time. Last time you, you gave us a couple books on that you were reading. Any new books that you're reading this time? Yeah, I'm, I'm, right now I'm uh, reading a book uh, by uh, Victor Frankel called The Man's Search for Meaning. Um, it's pretty good so far. It's a, a, a Nazi concentration camp survivor who is also a psychologist who uh, discusses um, you know, how to keep pushing when things are really, really hard and looking really bleak. Um, it's important to be able to stay in the fight, and, uh, and that's a good way of uh, doing it. So I've been enjoying that book as well. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, that generation, you know, and those people that went through the Holocaust and things like that. I mean, I can honestly say I don't know any of them, but um, I've read some of their books and it's just uh, horrifying to think about people survived, you know, five, six, seven years in those kind of conditions. And um, just amazing. We need to make sure that we understand that so we don't end up doing that again, um, you know because people forgot what happens, you know, repeating history is happens when we don't understand history. 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, where can uh, people find out more information about you and Mountain Man Medical, Brian? Yeah, you head over to the mountainmanmedical.com website. Uh, you can find, I got a blog over there where we talk about all this de- different type of stuff. And then you can find the medical kits there. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, of course. Uh, I've been putting a lot of energy into that lately, trying to get that uh, squared away. We just hit a thousand subscribers, which I'm pretty excited about. And uh, then, of course, you can go find us over on uh, Facebook. Looks up there. Very cool. Very cool. And I will uh, make sure that gets uh, put into the show notes, as always, to make sure our loyal listeners can easily find that and don't have to uh, try to jot it down as you're driving down the road. Well, that's a wrap for this episode, and we have a few requests. If you have any ideas, questions, or feedback, email us at ftp at concealedcarry.com. Visit our sponsors, especially the Farm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com. Check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage. Remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. Rate our podcast and leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Share this podcast on Facebook and encourage others to listen and subscribe. Think about the good information you got out of this episode. And if you know somebody who could uh, benefit from it, go out there, forward it to them. Let them know that, hey, you know, they should be listening to this podcast. And we've covered a lot of neat topics over the last 80-plus uh, episodes. And, you know, this is just another one about, you know, medical, medical care and what we need to have on the range ourselves. Remember, we bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Accidents happen, and you need good medical equipment. Stay safe, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.